G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, these are times like no other, and for many Christian believers, they're finding themselves reading things in the Bible from books like Daniel or the book of Revelation, talking about the end times that sound like a description of what we're experiencing right now in our present-day world. Well, many think it is beyond coincidence that descriptions of the last days in the Bible look so much like the developing scenarios today. Our special guest today teaches about biblical last days and a special focus today on one of those dimensions that we read about, increasing delusion and falsehood. Dr. Baruch Corman has been teaching the Bible for 30 years He's seen on numerous television networks around the world, in the United States, Europe, Africa, and here in Australia. You can see Dr. Baruch Corman's expository Bible teaching program called Love Israel on the Daystar Network, God TV, and TBN. Dr. Baruch Corman, welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's a pleasure to be with you again. Baruch, there are lots of signs of the end of the age, like Israel's reformation, or the idea of wars and rumours of wars, nations rising against nations, pestilences or pandemics, and the issue of deception and delusion. Uh, is this something that God has forewarned us would happen in the last days? He has warned us. We need to be taking this very seriously, what's going on. But I think this is kind of a, a dry run. I think the, the church is not really faring very well in what's going on throughout various places in the world. There's a lot of fear rather than faithfulness, and things are going to get much worse. If indeed this is leading us to the end times, we know biblically it's going to be much, much worse. And right now I'm not sure that, that Christianity is faring the way that God would want us to. You recently entitled a message about this with the words, are they messing with our senses? Do you think that Christians are feeling that type of messing with our senses uh, way that things are affecting them? There's no question that that the enemy, and I'm speaking about uh, demonic influence from the main enemy, Satan, he is a father of lies. He is about deceit. And really today, we're seeing people confused, not just outside the church, but also within the church. They're not hearing a biblically-based message about what are the signs of the last days. And therefore, as I said, I don't see great faithfulness being displayed to the degree that I think that God would have us to do. As we say here, Baruch, lots of signs of the last days. But on this one, we talk about calling it delusion. What might delusion look like? The delusion that that God's going to allow and, and bring about is an outcome of rejecting his truth. 
not walking in his doctrines, not being faithful. So it's really a an outcome of disobedience. And this is what's plaguing many believers today. We don't know the truth. We're not in the word of God. And therefore, that deceit from the enemy is indeed plaguing many believers from instead of demonstrating faith and having a witness and being an encouragement to the loss, we, we're not really behaving different than the rest of the world. I guess for those outside of the church, even those who mock our faith as Christians, they're the ones who think that we're deluded. Do you come across that? How do you respond when people say, hey, you're the ones who are deluded, it's not us? Uh, I think you're very, very right about this. Uh, I know that many people see what we're teaching and they feel that it's it's not appropriate, that it's it's harsh, that it's sometimes disrespectful to other believers that uh, see things more in line with the political propaganda that that's going forth from many nations. And so I do think that they think that we're, we're the deluded ones. We're the ones that, that are not uh, seeing things correctly. If we're trying to identify where criticism comes from uh, that says we're deluded, uh, the idea of religious disinformation uh, ranging from bizarre ways that perhaps cults work and might be critics of Christianity, uh, New Age spiritualities, even militant LGBTQI attacks uh, that come against the church. Uh, These sorts of uh, attacks that come, they're to be expected as well? They they are. In fact, you know, in in being in Australia and so many other places in the world, the, the right to assemble, we see that sporting events are continuing I know in America, there's many casinos. That's fine to go to a casino and and gamble. So many other things are allowed, but there's great warnings against people who want to assemble and and pray and worship God and study his word. So we see a a disproportional response from the government aimed at at those of, of faith. And it's just going to get worse. And everywhere there are calls for tolerance and even attempts to, say, merge all religions into one. I mean, there are a lot of people who have no idea about what the Bible teaches. Is this a part of delusion, do you think? It most definitely is. We know that that the plan initially of the Antichrist is going to be religious pluralism. Just what you mentioned, bringing all together. And anyone who says well, well, my faith is the true faith. It's the correct faith. These are going to be ostracized and set apart and punished. But in the end, we know that, that the Antichrist, we see this in Revelation chapter 13, he's going to demand that everyone pays allegiance to him. In this pandemic, and that's what the world calls it, many times we, we hear people talking about the mark of the beast. Well, the mark of the beast is not a vaccine. It's not something that that you do uh, because of health concerns. It's something that's going to be required in order to pay absolute allegiance to an empire and its leader. It's a one-time thing. I'm in Israel. We've already had the the third round of the vaccinations. We don't see the third round of, of the mark of the beast. But we do see some similarities, and that is this. If you don't take the vaccine, you're being limited and discriminated against about what you can do. 
So all of this is laying the foundation. So we need to wake up. We need to be paying attention. We need to have our Bibles open. We need to understand what prophecy says concerning the last days, both Old Testament and New Testament prophecy, so that we can be walking in an enlightenment through the Holy Spirit and not uh, confused by the propaganda of the enemy. Good to be able to draw attention to this idea that the vaccination programs that are being used around the world is not the mark of the beast. But as you say, there will be similarities when that mark eventually comes in. Christians and delusion. We know that there'll be a lot of delusion of unbelievers, but are Christians immune to delusion? If we're anointed by the Holy Spirit and every true believer, one of the signs that someone is a believer is that the Holy Spirit dwells within that individual. He will never leave or forsake the spirit of truth, the spirit that's going to lead us in all righteousness. So we're not going to be people who are deceived if we are, are studying the scripture, listening to the Holy Spirit in prayer. All of these give us the ability to have discernment. And this is my greatest concern today. I see a lack of discernment because there's a lack of Bible teaching. There's a lack of reliance. You know, right now, uh, later on today, when this is being recorded, the Feast of Tabernacles, what we call in Hebrew Sukkot, Chag Sukkot, is going to be beginning. And we find the primary message of that, that holiday is trust, depend, rely, become dependent upon God. And the more that we are depending upon him, and that is also showing a commitment to the word of God, the least that we're going to be deceived by the enemy. Baruch, in the Bible and 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we're actually told God sends a strong delusion in the end times. Let me just read that verse and I'll get your comment. Paul writes, 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 10 through 12, they perish because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. Is that a significant verse, understanding delusion in end times? I believe it's not only a significant, it is the key verse. Two things stand out. A rejection of the truth, very, very significant. It's not because they're unknowing, they are confronted with the truth, they reject that. And the reason why they reject that is because of their love of wickedness. It's very similar to what we read about in Psalm 14 where it says, the fool has said there is no God. Well, if we read all of that Psalm, The motivation is not because he says there's really no God, he doesn't believe that, but the motivation of denying God is the fact that he wants to walk in wickedness. In the book of Romans chapter 1, it speaks about how God has put in every person, not just believers, but every person, the knowledge that God is. So it's a rejection. And when we reject, it's very similar to Pharaoh. Pharaoh rejected the revelation of God and therefore his heart was heartened. When we reject truth, it is going to make us very susceptible. And I'm talking about humanity, hopefully not believers. We don't reject the truth, but when people reject the truth, non-believers, it makes them very susceptible for the delusion of the enemy, his deceit, his lies. 
we grapple with this idea of delusion, we'd like to think there were some simple things to understand here, but it's not necessarily simple, not altogether black and white. Many people, and especially Christians, Baruch, do not know what to believe anymore. Is there any reason for that, do you think? That Christians don't know what to believe anymore? I think one of the main reasons for that is is a failure within the leadership of individual churches to be focused upon the Word of God. You mentioned very kindly that we're on a, a lot of different Christian networks across the across the world, and you look at most of those shows, and they're not teaching the Scripture. They're not Bible study. They're not about training people, discipling them in the Word of God. And the church right now is is weak in biblical knowledge in the doctrines. And when we fail to understand biblical truth, the doctrines of the Scripture, it puts us in a weakened state, and it makes us very susceptible for the work, the activity of the enemy. Baruch, are there specific Christian doctrines that you think there ought to be a refocus on right now? Well, one thing, we're, we're speaking about the end times, and people will talk about the tribulation, the tribulation. But, but that is a, a theological term that's, that's made up now. There's certainly those seven years, Daniel's 70th week. But we have to ask the question, is it a tribulation? And if it is, for who? Is it for the same people the entire way through? When does the wrath of God begin? One of the things we have on our, our app is a list of 28 questions in regard to the tribulation period and how to understand those seven years and why they're called tribulation. Is that an appropriate uh, topic? What we need to realize is that the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, that, that we have not been appointed for wrath, but to obtain salvation. The problem is that many people, anything that bad happens, they, they believe that, oh, this must be the wrath of God when they look at prophecy. But, but believers, we see that we're going to suffer. We're going to be persecuted, and that's going to be increasing. And in many places throughout the world today, being a, a believer brings about intense persecution. So we need to understand the promises of God. We're not going to encounter his wrath, but we will go through much persecution, much hardship. And this is a great opportunity to demonstrate our faith and bear witness to the truth when we suffer for righteousness, which, which we know the scripture says count as a joy. It's one thing to understand that there are things coming upon the world in the last days. It's another thing to be obedient to God in day-to-day life. What are your thoughts here for how you obey God, how you look to God in your regular day-to-day activities, even when things are getting harder? Well, one thing that people need to do is to say, every morning, God, I want to obey you. When we open up Scripture, God, whatever you reveal to me, I want to practice, I want to implement in my life. I want to serve you. I want you to open up my eyes and my heart to opportunities to, to serve you, to be a blessing and assistance to other people. When we walk with that type of consciousness, which is the call for every believer, we're going to be amazed with how our, our faith becomes much more relevant, how we see God moving in our life. 
what opportunities that he brings us to bear testimony, to share our faith, to be a blessing. So it's walking today, and especially as the times they are changing, and being aware that, that we have a call to do. We're supposed to be the, the salt, the light. But I'm not sure that, that many believers are walking around with that type of consciousness, with that type of commitment to obedience. We're talking about delusion today as one of those factors that are a part of what we're warned about in the last days, the end times. Our special guest is Dr. Baruch Corman. He's well known around the world as a Bible teacher. We're going to continue our conversation just ahead. We're taking some time with our special guest today who teaches about biblical last days to get a focus on an understanding of the delusion that we are warned about in the Bible, a delusion that comes in the last days. Now, it's a delusion that comes upon those unbelievers, but Christians are not immune from that delusion also. Dr. Baruch Corman is our guest He's been teaching the Bible for 30 years. His program is called Love Israel, and it's seen on Daystar Network, God TV, and TBN here in Australia. Baruch, this idea that Christians can be deluded also, you've got to be able to counter that, as you said, with understanding Bible teaching. And that's not happening enough in churches. Is there a way that Bible teachers, church leaders listening to our conversation today might actually just redirect their path to refine the direction that they go to understand some of these deeper biblical truths. Absolutely. One thing that I would strongly recommend, instead of being a counselor, so many times I I go to a conference and it's on preaching, and the first thing people will say is, you need to prepare a message that's going to minister to the people. Well, I, I, I don't believe that's the first thing. The first thing, we need to be led to a biblical passage, and then we need to share the content in an expository way of what that text is saying. And if we do a good job, then it's going to minister to people. God promises his word does not come back void. But if if the person in the pulpit is always trying to come up with something that's going to to help, to encourage, to assist, to bless, something that, that they want to hear, they're going about it the wrong way. The scripture says, if I was still trying to please men, I wouldn't be a servant of God. So it's having a a different respect for the word of God, allowing the word of God to speak and trust that that's going to be a great blessing in the life of, of others. And for the individual Christian, the idea of having a serious intent as to what we might be looking to learn, because You wouldn't get the preacher just tickling the ears of the people if the people were demanding more substance. How do you think the believer responds here to what you might be being taught in church? There's a hunger. Um, We know biblically in the last days there's going to be a hunger for God's word. And And I truly believe that we're seeing that today. And I would just like to encourage fellow uh, Bible teachers and, and pastors to, to really give people the scripture. And it, it involves really diving into the text, studying, rather than trying to look at other resources, allow the scripture itself to be the resource. And, and people are going to, to, I mean, what we hear all the time is that lives are changed by the word of God. 
and, and encourage pastors to believe that, that the word of God is power. The word of God brings about not just change, but godly change, a holy change. It helps one to be set apart for the call that that person has from God to serve him. So many times we, we hear about how God's there to serve me, help me, assist me, solve my problems, help me create what I want to become and such. Those are not biblically sound doctrines. We are called to serve God, and in serving God, God is, knows our needs. He knows our problems. God's gracious. He's a loving Heavenly Father. He's not going to, when we say we're hungry, give us something that we can't eat. God is a good God. But first and foremost, we need to have a paradigm shift and begin to say, how am I called to obey God? And we're not saved by obedience. We all know that. But we have been saved and been given the Spirit of God so that we can obey God's will for our life. And in doing that, that's when we're going to find that joy, that contentment. But if we seek simply our desires, we're going to find that we're going to be just what we're talking about, deluded by the enemy. One of his major uh, tools is to get people to believe that my will for me, my dream for my life is God's dream. No, God has something probably very, very different than what we've wanted all of our life to become. Is it a part of the delusion, do you think, that we sometimes think about this in the context of our own self-fulfillments? Uh, even the idea that God is a good God and he's a God of love, like a big cuddly God who wouldn't hurt a fly, no substance to that God. What are your thoughts here about adjusting the way we understand God according to a biblical alignment? You're, you're, you're very right. That's profound because too often we just hear this, God is all love. God is never going to punish anyone. But when we look at the book of Revelation, we find that heaven is rejoicing because of God's righteous judgment. When you look at prophecy, it's God's judgment that is going to bring deliverance for his people and that's going to bring about the, the new, new kingdom so that we can be recipients of the blessings and promises of God. But so frequently, when, when I get an invitation to speak, and I say this often because it just amazes me, about how many times they say, please don't speak about God's judgment. We don't want to hear anything that's going to make people uncomfortable. We don't want to deal with anything that's controversial, what, what they might think is controversy. We just want encouragement. We want people to be happy. We want people to go away uh, feeling good about themselves. Well, well, that's not what I see a Bible teacher is called to do. We open up the scripture and we share what's there. This hunger that you talk about in the heart of the believers and uh, even in the context of this is what it will be like in the last days, there'll be a hunger for God's word. There's a sense in which God doesn't force people to obey him or even believe in him. There's persuasion, but it's not coercion in the good news. I wonder if you've got a reflection here on the way God works when it comes to that hunger in the heart of the believer. Well, God certainly manifests himself in a variety of ways. The scripture says in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs, I believe, chapter 8 and verse 17, it says, if you seek me, and the word for seeking, it's a really neat Hebrew word. It's the same word that the morning prayer service in Judaism Judaism is derived from. 
it's a word that has to do with doing something first, a priority first in the morning. So God says, if you seek me first, then I'm going to be found. And that's the real question. It's only when people say, you know, there's a world, someone created it, there has to be a God. We know inwardly God has put within the conscience of every individual the fact that God exists. We mentioned that from Romans 1. And when we pursue God, God is going to be found by us. And when we understand that God is and he's truthful to his word, he cannot lie. And we pursue him according to his word. Wow, do the changes begin. Our perspective begins to be shaped in regard to the perspective of God. And when we have God's perspective, then we can walk in discernment. Then we can behave in a way that's going to be pleasing to him. And this is what it really comes down to. Do you want to be pleasing to God or is is your understanding of Christianity that I want a God that pleases me? And I think all too often what we're hearing in a lot of congregations is that they're growing because they're teaching about a God who wants to please us. And they stay away from the fact that we're called to obey God and live in a way that's been pleased, that is pleasing to him. This is the real dichotomy that, that divides a, Bible, a biblically based congregation with one that, that is it ha- may have the religious language and the symbolism, but it's far removed from a movement of the Holy Spirit. Baruch, let's come back to this concept we've been talking about, delusion, because we discovered there from Second Thessalonians, this delusion actually is sent by God. But as you've pointed out, uh, there's a demonic dimension in all of that. So Satan's role, and then there's in the end times, the persuasion of the Antichrist, and then mix all of that in with this predisposition that we have as people uh, hostile to God, hostile to truth. There's a lot of factors in here that somehow or other all create this delusion. What are your thoughts for all of the factors as they're all impacting us all at once? There are many factors that are involved in this issue. Foundationally, we need to realize that God is a God of law, and there's spiritual laws. And the spiritual law that God's referring to here, because God is not a God that that sits around just seeing how he can deceive people and that his heart is to delude them. This is not the God of Scripture. But what we find is this. When an individual is confronted with the truth of God, and they're convicted, this is the will of God, and they reject that, What God is teaching us is that there's a spiritual law. When one rejects and rebels the truth of God, therefore, they are going to be brought into a spiritual condition where they are very, very susceptible for delusion. And what happens is my rebelliousness empowers Satan against me. That's what he's speaking about here. So it's not God that desires this, wants this. It's a simple law. When we disobey, we're inviting the enemy's deceit into our life, and God allows that. When we're walking in obedience, God is going to shield that from us, or we're going to have as a commitment to the truth, we're going to have discernment. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is going to be functioning, so we recognize that as just what it is. Deceit lies from the enemy. From our position as believers, Baruch, does it start with 
something fairly simple. Uh, the choice that we make to believe the truth of Jesus Christ above all other, uh, is the choice the primary starting point? It is a choice of, of commitment, a choice of pursuing God. The scripture speaks about how really it's not a pursuit of just knowledge, but it's a pursuit of the knowledge of God. And I'll give you an example. There's a, a well-known Bible teacher in, in the States, and he wants to focus on the New Testament, kind of uh, separate the Old and the New Testament because he just likes to talk about the New Testament. But the problem is he leaves out, and even if we just focus in on the Gospels, which he likes to do, he, he leaves out so much of what the Gospel and what Yeshua himself, Jesus Christ said himself about judgment, about, about punishment, about God's call to obey, about truth. So it's when we don't deal with all the scripture and we only want to highlight a few, this is also going to lead us to be susceptible to the enemy's influence in our life. To pick up on Romans chapter 1, something here that sounds to me like it's connected with this idea of delusion, the idea of a heart becoming darkened. And I wonder whether you've got any thoughts as to whether that is a word to believers, because uh, Paul says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. This idea of a darkened heart, if you're not on guard and cautious there, is that one of the consequences of losing sight of these realities? Well, I'm, I'm hoping it's not someone who's, who's a believer losing sight or having his heart darkened. I think in the most part that context is for those who who although they are confronted and know that the truth is the truth, once again, they're not receiving it. And in that same passage, we see that, that principle I mentioned earlier that, that's at work in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It's also found here. When we rebel against the, the, the message of our conscience, which is there is a God, and we see that we can, through our conscience, that every individual has, not just believers, but every human being, when we reject what our conscience, that, that inner person that God puts within every human being, when we reject that, what happens there? We see much of what's being embraced in the world today, where we see that there's a, a preference, there's a celebration of, of homosexuality and, and sexual immorality, and it's just really characterizing not just one nation or two, but across the world and we're seeing in many places that if a person speaks contrary to this there are some serious consequences that's hate speech and and you can can be punished for that you might be be removed from a network you might be in fact i've uh, worked with some uh, two television networks in romania and one of them is is currently in a a court decision because of their stance for biblical truth, sexual morality, marriage between one man and one woman, and speaking against a, a homosexual lifestyle. So they're being persecuted, and it's just going to get worse, and it's just going to be more prevalent, not just in a few countries, but it's going to become the norm of this global empire that's going to rise up under the leadership 
of who you mentioned a while back, the Antichrist. Speaking of Antichrist, you've got delusion that we read about in the Bible taking place in the last days, in the times of the Antichrist. You were careful to say we're not saying that these are the last days because that Antichrist hasn't yet been revealed. But is there something here that we ought to be cautious about? The idea that delusion, even though we recognize it now, it's likely to increase into the future. It's going to be not only increasing, but it's going to to be more difficult to discern it. One thing we know prophetically, and and so many scholars see Daniel chapter 8 as in the past, even though we find three times within that text itself in Daniel chapter 8, it says this vision is for the end times, the last of the days, the last of the appointed times. So it's very clear it's an end times prophecy, and it focuses on two empires. One's called the Ram, and God tells us that that's uh, Paras, and that's the Hebrew word for Iran. We're speaking about an Iranian-led coalition that's going to, to manifest itself. This is exactly what Iran is trying to do today, working with China, working with Turkey, working with Russia and others in order to to move their agenda forward. So we see something very evil coming out of Iran, but this is what takes discernment. This is not the, the empire of the Antichrist, because the empire of the Antichrist is called the goat in Daniel chapter 8. It's going to rise up, put down this Iranian-led coalition, the world's going to think that's wonderful, and from a, a human perspective, it is. But the problem is, what was bad is defeated, but what is worse is the one that defeated the bad. And therefore, if you don't have discernment, you may be supporting something that, that the Antichrist is going to emerge from. So it's having this discernment and realizing that there's so much in prophecy, and, and Neil, it's surprising, but... Of all the Bible today, prophecy is less taught. Now, people may select a verse from Isaiah or Jeremiah or such, but but really teaching the message of the prophets, and not just the major ones, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, but the minor prophets, people don't know their content whatsoever. And, and this is going to weaken believers if we don't know prophetic truth. Of course, it's a challenging thing to know who you can trust when it comes to teaching on the end times. And we want to trust our local church preacher. And uh, there'll be a lot of churches that do teach on the end times. Uh, There are going to be some good, trustworthy resources. And I'll give you a resource I'll give you a website where you can connect with Dr. Baruch Corman in just a few moments. But if we're talking overcoming delusion here, Baruch, and coming to the end of our conversation, the idea of being resistant or rejecting truth, which may be the attitude of many a churchgoer, to turn that around to be open to welcoming truth. This is going to be a way, I guess, to be able to set yourself on this trajectory of discovering God's mission and what he's calling us to do. You know, I go back to something that Yeshua said uh, to his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, watch, watch and pray. And watch means that we should have discernment to see prophetic events taking place and understanding the times that we're in. And, and this would be my, my encouragement to people is that we need to be watching. Yes, praying. Yes, being, being led by the Spirit. 
you know, the scripture says uh, to the churches in, in the seven churches of Asia Minor, uh, you know, to overcome, let us hear what the Spirit is saying. So we have to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. That comes from being committed to the Word of God and being able to watch, live with discernment so that these things aren't surprising us, but these things, we are discerning them so that we can respond to them in obedience and have a, a testimony and to lead others to that, that same walk of faith because it's in faithfulness that the power of God is released and we can be overcomers. This is really the message that the book of Revelation gives to the church to overcome. And the problem is today is that, that many people think that there's nothing that we're going to have to overcome. But in more and more countries today, believers are suffering for their faith. And it's going to get greater and greater. It's going to happen where you are in Australia. It's going to happen where I am in Israel and, and throughout the world. The world is turning against the truth of God and people are going to have to make a decision. Which side are they going to embrace? If there is delusion, there is something for us to overcome. And to connect with Dr. Baruch Corman, I'll give a website, loveisrael.org. That's loveisrael.org. Dr. Baruch Corman is an expository Bible teacher. His teaching program is called Love Israel. You can see it on the Daystar Network, on God TV and on TBN here in Australia. You might need to check their program guides for those programs. Dr. Baruch Corman, loveisrael.org. Baruch, good getting your insights. Thanks so much for sharing them with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. I always appreciate the opportunity to be with you and to share and talk about scriptural truth. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.